Welcome to Ashwood. Dark Stories for Bright Minds. Committed. Every once in a while, there comes a day that is too strange to be believed. Nobody can live a long and healthy life without a few of these unexplainable days. They often come into our lives without warning, and then leave just as quickly. For some, those days come and go, and remain a peculiarity, a strange phenomenon that remains nothing more than an odd memory or interesting story to be told. For others, however, those days might have profound effects on those that experience them. Such was the case for the subject of this story. His name was Hatton Dirsch. He was a wealthy man that lived in Louisiana many decades ago. Hatton was short and fat, with round, rosy cheeks and a nose. He wore small spectacles which made his eyes look like small black beads resting in the middle of pink hills. He had a large, bushy white beard and a curly mustache that he kept perfectly trimmed and waxed at all times. His head was full of snowy hair that was always combed into a perfect wave over his brow. Hatton was a man of style, and he insisted on always having clean, fashionable clothes. He enjoyed trips into town, where he could feel everyone looking at him with jealousy and awe. One day, he awoke on his large plantation to the most beautiful morning he had seen in many months. Summer was ending and there was a cool bite in the air that indicated the harvest was just around the corner. He opened the shutters in his large room and took a deep breath of the crisp air. It smelled of wet dirt and decaying foliage. The smell was invigorating and he was enjoying every bit of it. He called for his servants and they all ran quickly into his room. He announced that he intended to make a trip into town that morning. He made sure they all knew what they had to do to prepare, and then dismissed them. Moments later, one of them came back into his room with a fresh change of clothes for the day, and began making his bed. Soon the smell of fire cut through the air, and Hatton knew that they were preparing a hot bath, or breakfast, or both. He put on his robe, and made his way downstairs with a smile on his pink face and a spring in his step. A little over an hour later, Hatton was squeezing his large belly through the door of his carriage. He was excited to enjoy the day shopping, gambling, drinking, and maybe even find a woman to pass the time. His driver, Karen, stepped up on top of the carriage and began to shout at the horses. As they began to move, Hatton lit his pipe and thought about what a wonderful life he had. The road into town was a comfortable but long ride so he was soon nodding off as the landscape slowly flowed by like molasses, and he drifted off into a pleasant nap. He was startled awake by the sound of thunder and rain. When he opened his eyes, he was shocked to see that the pleasant, calm morning had quickly changed into a terrible rainstorm. It was almost as dark as night, and water poured down from heaven as if the firmament had shattered completely. He let out a loud, pathetic yelp when he saw the horrible situation. His day had been ruined. The perfection that surrounded him had ended, and now he was miserable. He decided they might as well turn around and head back to the comfort of home. He banged his fist against the roof of the carriage, trying to call attention to his driver. 
He waited for a moment, but the man did not stop. Hatton banged again harder, but it was no use. He decided that the rain outside must be impairing the driver's hearing. He opened the door a little and stuck his head outside. He cupped one hand around his mouth and shouted at the driver, but the man still did not seem to hear. Hatton could feel his face turning red with anger at the situation. If he did not get Karen's attention, they would end up all the way in town just to turn around again. In the meantime, the rain was leaking inside the carriage. He has no idea how uncomfortable I am with all this water leaking inside, Hatton thought to himself. He banged the roof again even though he knew it was useless. For the rest of the ride, Hatton sat in the carriage with his arms crossed, mumbling obscenities to himself. Once he saw the town approaching in the distance, he let out a sarcastic laugh. He could not believe his luck. What started out as a perfect day was now completely ruined. He made up a story in his head that Karen could hear him banging and shouting all along, but was ignoring him just to be mean. He scoffed and rolled his eyes. The few shacks and small buildings on the edge of town slowly crept by as the carriage trotted along the dirt road. The rhythmic clip-clop of the horses could barely be heard over the constant din of rain hitting the roof. Out in the distance, thunder clapped sporadically in low rumbles that crawled over the landscape. In spite of his anger and frustration, Hatton felt his eyes getting heavy again. Shortly thereafter, he was snoring loudly in the darkness behind the veil of the carriage. He was startled awake as the horses stopped suddenly, which caused him to fall forward out of his seat. He growled in vexation as he struggled to rock his large body back up into a sitting position. He slammed the door open to step out and give the driver a piece of his mind. He began shouting as he stepped down onto the muddy road. He braced himself on the side of the carriage as he waddled toward the front of it, belching out a stream of profanities aimed at Karen and his horses. To his surprise, however, the driver was gone. Hatton could not believe it. Where had the man gone, and how did he move so quickly? Hatton looked around for any sign of the phantasmal driver, and in doing so, realized that they were in the middle of town. They were parked in the town center, right in front of the church. Hatton had not stepped foot inside a church since he was a child, when his mother would force him to attend Mass every Sunday and feast day. It was the last place he wanted to be, but the stairs to the church were mere steps from him. Meanwhile, the town center was flooding and the rain was only getting worse. He winced at the thought of it, but nevertheless stepped carefully through the soft, wet ground and onto the hard steps of the church. He decided he would just wait inside until the driver returned. Hatton pushed hard against the door and stepped in with all the pomp he could muster in his current state. He instinctively crossed himself as he stepped inside. He looked around at the large building. The ceiling looked impossibly high, with large arches effortlessly supporting the massive structure above them. He recognized many of the icons looking down at him with piercing eyes from the paintings and stained glass windows. Saint Jude looked down on Hatton as if he were a hopeless cause. Saint Michael seemed to be aiming his sword directly at him. Saint Lucy's eyes made him shudder. Only the image of the Blessed Mother gave him any comfort, so he sat as close to her as possible. His eyes continued to wander until they reached the tabernacle shining brilliantly at the far end of the church, above the altar. The six flames danced on either side of it, as if tormenting Hatton. 
For the first time in years, he felt a twist of peculiar emotions. He could not make out exactly what they were, but he knew they did not feel good. In the midst of those emotions, he slowly became aware that he was not exactly alone. At first, there did not seem to be anybody else in the building, but there was some unseen form resting peacefully at the foot of the altar. In the darkness, it had blended in against the communion rail behind it. Now that his eyes were adjusting, he could see the ominous form of a large black wooden box sitting at the front of the church. Somehow, seeing the coffin sitting there seemed to make the silence even quieter. A stale hush overcame the church. Somehow, the calm around him only made Hatton more uneasy. He wanted to leave this place, but he had nowhere to go. The flooded street had trapped him inside this place, and now he was alone with some poor sap who had no friends, family, or lover to attend their funeral. Hatton slumped low in his pew and fought back the tears that began to well in his eyes. He could not understand what had made him so emotional all of a sudden. Perhaps it was the nostalgia of being inside this church after so many years. Instead, it could have been the frustration of having his day ruined. Maybe it was the dark, somber air inside the church. As the smell of frankincense flooded his nostrils, he realized what it was. He was somehow moved by the person resting inside that box. Surely he did not know the man or woman, but here they were, left completely alone during this solemn and important day. Hatton began to weep quietly, as he hoped that this person was not forgotten. Perhaps it was just the bad weather that is keeping people from attending. He imagined a large house, not unlike his own, full of grieving family, friends, servants, and a heartbroken spouse. Hatton imagined they were all overwrought over being stuck inside the house, unable to visit their beloved saint. Realizing his current state, Hatton decided to step back outside and wait for his driver there. Even with the rain, he decided it would be better for him to wait out there than in here. As he touched the door handle, something inside him made him stop. He released his grip and turned back around to the altar. From where he was standing, the light of the candles reflected off the black box, making it look as if it were wobbling back and forth. It put him in a trance, and his feet began to slowly step forward. As he got closer to it, he suddenly had darker thoughts. He thought of himself. He thought about what his house would be like on the day of his own funeral. He had no wife to miss his touch. There were no friends to mourn him. The only relatives he had would be delighted to share his property. As for those he lived with, his servants and staff, they would also likely be happy to be rid of him. He would be buried in a cheap box in some unmarked hole where nobody would ever bother to visit. His death would contrast the lively and splendid moments he had lived. He kept inching forward as images flooded his mind of all the people who would be delighted on the day he took his last breath. Finally, he approached the black box. He could tell by the craftsmanship that the person resting inside had very little money to spend. He rested his hand on it and began to pray. He prayed out loud, not for the person in the box, but for himself. He prayed that he would make a change in himself. 
He prayed that he would learn from this moment and start taking pleasure in others rather than himself. He wailed out loud at the thought of the person he had always been. He rested his head on the warm box and cried into his own arms. The coffin gave way under him. He fell down with it, and before he could react, it had broken open and the body spilled out on top of him. Hatton let out a wild screech of terror as the corpse's cheek fell against his own. He pushed it away and jumped backwards. He gazed at the body in bewilderment. The dead man's eyes were wide open, staring back at him. Hatton recognized his own face, staring back. Hatton jumped again at the sound of the church doors banging open. It was Karen. He ran up to Hatton and tried to lift him up, but his efforts were no match to Hatton's size. Instead, Hatton pulled the man down with him and hugged him tightly. He wailed into the driver's shoulder. Karen did not know what to do, as he had never seen Hatton act this way before. After a moment, Hatton pulled himself up and looked back toward the corpse. It had disappeared along with the coffin. Hatton whipped his eyes around the church, looking for where they could have gone. He began to tell Karen what had happened, but then decided not to. Instead, he blurted out, I must have had a bad dream is all. Karen looked at Hatton with fear, but then finally motioned to the door. Hatton nodded his head and stepped forward. Karen helped Hatton step into the carriage. Right before closing the door, the driver looked up at the other man. With a wide smile on his face, he simply stated, We have a long ride ahead of us. I hope you are ready. Again, Hatton simply nodded his head, finally understanding. The door shut, and Hatton sat in dead silence as the carriage lurched forward toward its destination. Today's story was written and narrated by me, Joey Kluge. Music and editing by Stephen Reeder. If you like what you heard today, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast. If you would like to learn more about Ashwood, you can visit us at www.ashwoodstories.com. That's ashwoodstories.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Ashwood Stories. As always, thank you for listening. Stay bright, everyone.